As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond Rich. How we doing? You know, doing okay, Jordan. I, I'm sorry, I was I was a little late to, to the start of the podcast. You know, I've been I've been hanging out by my mailbox um, because I've I've been waiting. You know, I, I know <laughs> I know the big McVeigh wedding is coming up, and you know I wasn't concerned when the invitation didn't come like a few months early. I know people, yeah, you, you win the Super Bowl, you, things happen, right? You don't get your invitations out as quickly. But you know, the week of, I kind of thought like it's you know it's getting kind of close, and and it hasn't shown up. And I I don't know, you know, the post office. You know, things get lost. So supply chain, supply chain. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there's issues, right? I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to complain, but so you know, probably tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm certainly excited uh, about that. And uh, as soon as I find out where it is and when it is, and you know what the attire is, then then I'll be ready. Well, you know, I didn't want to necessarily open the show with breaking news, Rich. Uh, more like heartbreaking news for oh, you, no. but. No. You know, I I was talking with Sean uh, today and, you know, just just had to let you down easy. I got to sign the task. Um, He was going to um, run you your invitation, but he decided to pass. Uh, (laughs) I can't even be angry about that one, Jordan. That was so good. Okay, we're actually on Zoom today, guys. So, like, I got to see Rich's face as oh, that all happened. I, I could, I could hear it coming, like a, like a train, like a train in the night, and you're yeah, nailed to the tracks. Yeah, tracks. like I, I just, did, there's no way I just had to sit there and, and take it. Um, that's fantastic, Jordan. I also want to let our our uh, wonderful listeners know that. Um, I, uh, if you hear a sound in, in the background, um, some of you may know my dog Tucker, uh, via his, his Twitter and then, um, his, or his, uh, my postings of him on Twitter. Uh, he is working very hard to figure out how to get a crunchy bone that I put out of reach because, uh, uh we're recording and obviously you don't want that sound in the background. And, I will share a photo as after we post this episode of uh, the the last ten minutes or so in which he's been sitting and staring at me 
with absolute <laughs> disgust <laughs> that I've taken this this phone. So if you hear a sound in the background, it's him figuring out. It's up on a shelf, and he he's very smart and weird. So he uh, he has some some maneuvers he might pull through the duration of this episode. So we will see how it goes. We'll All play right. it by ear. We'll play it. if we have to if we have to pause. Then, uh, oh. <laughs> God damn, I'm on a roll today. You really it's the, are. It's June. It's the month of Jordan. Yes, it is. <laughs> of course. Kickers well, at, watching kickers at practice. Yes. 9 a.m. OTAs sessions. I was going to say, not only is it the month of Jordan, but it's a, a big month for the, the Rams offseason. I mean, Jordan, you've been right in the middle of it. Not that you ever really have an offseason. You just kind of uh, have different uh, routines of work that you go through. Sometimes <laughs> you go to SoFi Stadium, sometimes you don't. Uh, but you continue working pretty much uh, year round. Uh, and I, I think being in the situation, uh, have, having been in the situation that you're in, I understand sometimes you're even afraid to take days off. And yes. we'll... We'll get into that a little bit more too. Why <laughs> why you might be afraid to take days off in the near future? But uh, Jordan, interesting times around uh, the Rams facility. You're actually able to get out there on the field and and watch some of these OTAs practices. Uh, have the big mandatory mini camp coming up next week. As we, we're sitting here recording this on Thursday evening, uh, so Jordan will be out there next week for the mini camp, and we'll of course recap that the following week. But Jordan, really uh, getting some of your first looks at this team since the Super Bowl uh, and some of the changes that have gone on, a lot of new coaches out there, uh, maybe say, and, and of course, we always need to put the caveat on it, of course, and I see that you do this in every one of your your reports that you write, that credentialed, <laughs> credentialed media are, are not allowed to discuss, discuss certain things such as formations or um, whatever it is that teams get paranoid about in, in early June that they think will cost them games in September and October. Uh, but within those constraints, Jordan, I mean, what... what What's uh, kind of your general takeaway from from this team? Again, being out there for the first time since the Super Bowl, seeing some new guys in action, seeing some draft picks out there, even some UDFA guys. Um, what's it been like? Yeah, I have two macro takeaways before we get into some of the the detail stuff that you know I love to to dig into. Um, non schematic, non strategic, of, of course, of course. Um, so one of the things that I know that there's been a lot made of like how much fun these guys visibly had like at their parade and the first night of the draft house when they had literally nothing to do and no tasks to accomplish and so had a a coaching mixer and then were sort of made aware that they also had to do a press conference and then that press conference ha- was uh like just honestly like one of the uh, most casual, relaxed sort of environments. It was really an interesting experience. We've talked about it on this show, like being there just because people were just being totally themselves. And if you take away the fact that a lot of the world is watching externally and you look at it through the perspective of of being a beat writer, like you don't often get to see people just be fully themselves in a setting around their friends and family. So I think that there's there are just levels to that conversation. Anyway, before I go off on a tangent on that, um, a lot's been made about like how much fun they've been having. And I think like I'm not going to like fun police anything. I think that it's (laughs) great to have fun when you win the Super Bowl. Um, 
But I will say when I walked into OTAs, it didn't, this is not a team that was acting like they won anything. And I was a little surprised by that. Uh, I, you know, I guess I just, I don't know what I was expecting. Obviously this is a, this is a new, new territory for, for a lot of people. And I don't, I'm not quite sure what I was even expecting. I wasn't expecting them to be like doing shots on the 50 yard line or anything like that, but you know, who's to judge, but I think, but I, but really I, I, you know, watching them at practice this and Bobby Wagner actually talked about it. I think he summed it up pretty well today when he was like, when he came into the building, they didn't act like they'd been there. They didn't act like they won anything. They, they just were like going about their, their work. And, and he's not, he's not, uh, misinterpreting that. Like he's not incorrect about that. He really, I think that's spot on. Honestly, I, I, I felt the same way and he just put better words to it. Which what I was kind of feeling it. It felt like business as usual, and the football business of what who the Rams are and what they do is very, very um, focused and and intentional with a lot of the things that they do. So I thought that was interesting. Obviously, they're working in a truncated period, so some things will probably slip through the cracks, like your wedding invitation, Rich. But I think yeah. like that's that's stuff that they're going to learn as they go. The other thing, um, and Sean is a perfectionist. So you can definitely see during points points of the practices when maybe he's not thrilled and that's that's a yearly thing um, or maybe he wants things to be tighter or maybe he um, is correcting things in real time. But overall, um, with all the new people and the um, the the rookies and the veterans, the new veterans that they're onboarding, frankly, they they feel really cohesive and really smooth. And when you're watching things, it flows really well. I think that's a testament to the the veteran coaching staff, first and foremost. But it also is another year of, of Stafford. Um, it's another year. Cooper Cup is there. Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. It's It's been seem, pretty much seamless for them. Like I think, I truly believe that if those two had to play a game tomorrow, they could. And it's been really interesting to watch because, again, I don't really know what I was expecting, but there's been some very frenetic points in the past with this group on either side of the ball over the last couple of years. And it just doesn't feel that way. It feels very uh, not even mechanic. It just feels cohesive and smooth. And and it's like very it's sort of like this calm intention. And I think that's really been interesting because they're doing a lot of install work, which Sean calls like above the neck work. Um, and they're not doing any competitive, really any competitive periods, um, some seven on sevens, but that's not really, that's not real football anyway, in terms of like, you know, full on full. So that part's been really interesting is, is how smooth it has seemed to be. And there, there are always going to be bumps, um, but they, they feel locked in. And I was really, I think, surprised, I guess, you know, it's not that I ex- had any expectations, but I guess I almost wondered if there would they would be distracted or if they would be if there would be some learning curves, some some bigger learning curves to hit. But it really seems like um, they they just seem smooth right now. You know, Jordan, one thing that's interesting to me um, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, after I stopped covering the Rams, I, I went to be an editor on the NHL side, and one of the teams that I um, edit is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, of course, Jordan, you know, this is being a, a huge Carolina Hurricanes fan as, as you are. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the last two Stanley Cup championships. And um, 
I'd never really thought of it this way, but uh, our, our beat writer, Joe Smith, r- wrote a story recently. And, and part of that was talking about like a lot of what you're talking about here, Jordan, like what is your motivation after after you win? And especially a team like that when you've won two in a row, you know what? Like, why? Why? Why do you keep pushing yourself? What do you find that, that you didn't that you didn't accomplish the first two times? And and one of the players uh, made made a really good point was that you change the roster enough to where other guys are coming in. And you play for those guys too. You don't want to let them down, and and that's part of I, I think maybe not intentional, although maybe part of it is intentional. Uh, when you talk about not keeping the roster exactly the same, and and you bring in Bobby Wagner, and you bring in Allen Robinson, and even bring in back a guy like Troy Hill, who who wasn't a part of the championship team. Um, I think that can be some motivation for those for those guys. And these, you're talking about guys who are respected, certainly well liked, um, and and. They don't want to let them down. They don't want them to to just oh we're gonna it's gonna be a freebie season. We're not really gonna try it. no because you brought those guys in and and they they want to win for them. And beyond that, these guys are professionals anyway. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, they don't get themselves to the top of the mountain without being um, without having that drive. Um, but I, I think it's a reasonable. I mean, you hear the term all the time, like it's a cliche, right? Like a championship hangover, a Super Bowl hangover, World Series hangover, whatever it may be. So you do wonder about it. You wonder whether or not they're, they're going to come in with exactly that same type of fire. And a lot of that goes to the coaches, you know. So, I mean, credit to whatever it is that, that Sean McVay has has put in place there and his team of assistants and I'm, I'm sure up the ladder to you know Les and Kevin and anybody else who you know has a has a hand in this um you, I think you do have to be mindful of it but uh but yeah now's the time right I mean now's yeah. the time where you show that stuff that that you are uh, uh you know ready to to make that commitment and so so what's it been like Jordan I mean it, these uh, sorry did you have any thoughts on that yeah, I think yeah. to add to your point too, and I think that's a great a great point. And um, to add to it, honestly, I think there are natural factors. You think about guys who weren't a part. You know, Tyler Higby is back on the field, and he's right. going through. This is all voluntary period, and he doesn't. You know, he doesn't. He could still be resting his body, like he's cleared for activity, but he could. He doesn't have to be out there. Um, right. Right. You know, Alan. Hell, you know, Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner don't have to be out there. Right. But there's sort of this establishment early on of um priorities that I think is really is really interesting. Um and I also think, and I'm sort of just playing out a thread in my mind that I have repeatedly, you know, so much of this juxtaposes to what like when people do like their off-season roundups of all 32 teams, usually a lot of times you'll see the first sentence is like, you know, the Rams are partying hard this off-season. And I and I look at it and I'm kind of like, I don't really think it's even sunk in for most of these guys that yeah. they just won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. to be honest with you, yeah, they had a press conference that and Matthew Stafford was drinking Don Julio on the podium, like. <laughs> But and they had you know Sean Sean's very loud laugh m- manic laugh in the press conference. But like I I really don't th- I really don't actually see that on a ground on the ground. Like some of these guys don't actually it hasn't sunk it hasn't sunk in yet. And then they also are going to this facility every day where it that facility it does keep 
keep you humble in in a sense. Like it's it's again, I for people who haven't seen it and and they're, you know, they'll be moving to Woodland Hills and there's this huge project coming, I'm sure. And and that's all really, I think, exciting on the brand side for for their growth. But for now, for this moment in time where they're at, where they are trying to repeat, like I really am maybe in the minority here that thinks they are in the absolute perfect spot because you go into that facility every day and it's a set of trailers packed together. And it's tucked away like in the hi- in these dry hills surrounded by rattlesnake holes and big ass birds. Hawks. And and I do not like that, first of all. Yes. <laughs> but but like it's it's tucked away and it's like these two carved out like emerald green fields. And you walk through like a patch of like uh wood chips to get to the front door and like it's <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it keeps you humble. You're rolling in there every day and you're not thinking to yourself, like, I'm the shit. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying these guys would do that anyway, but there's like sort of, it's, it almost like strips away. Maybe it's because I just watched the show Severance um, <laughs> and it freaked me out. But it almost like, it's like the scene in the elevator where it's like you're one thing when you get in the elevator and then you arrive at the on site and all of a sudden your brain flips around. And it's like you never were any of those other things. You're in this now. And that's kind of the message that Sean has been trying to communicate with these guys is like he he basically told them, hey, we didn't do shit last year. And, And that to me is an interesting tactic to take. Because it could very well back, you know, it, it in a with a different group. And I've talked about the emotional security of a lot of these players and coaches, um, and the um, just sort of self security that they have. I've talked, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. But like, mm-hmm. it really could feel totally different right now. It could totally yeah. feel different, and it just doesn't. I mean, even some of the contract stuff we're going to talk about. Really, guys, the stuff you see on Twitter, on social media, whatever, that's not how it is. Like, what? It's, everything what? is so – everything <laughs> feels calm. And that could honestly, by next week, all of it could go off the rails. Who knows? Whatever, yeah. you know. Right. As of now, as of we're recording this, like, everything just feels really cohesive. And I, and I got to say, like, I really feel like they're exactly where they need to be right at this moment in time. And I think that that's really interesting. And I wonder if they think about that because really you, you do walk out there and it's like there, you don't, there is literally nothing, there is nothing around you like, but the act of playing football. And I think that's really, really interesting. A dynamic that maybe is overlooked a little bit. Oh, I I think it's fascinating, Jordan. And, uh, you know, minor, minor spoiler uh, alert uh, we're, we're planning to have a very special guest uh, in, in our next episode hopefully <laughs> about 10 days from now and I uh, won't spoil who that is but I will say that I, I want to get into a lot of what you're talking about um, with that guest and, and yeah. in part I'm, I'm not going to go off on too big of a tangent here so don't please don't turn off the episode but like I'm not sure whether I've said this before but in in a previous previous life I, I used to cover another hockey team the LA Kings and they won championship in in 2012, and I I had a, I worked very closely with that general manager, and I can tell you that even before he won the championship, even before 2012, so I'm talking about from, you know, probably 2008 to 2012, he was fixated. He was fixated on the idea of how do you get to the top of the mountain and how do you stay there, and he knew that those were two very different challenges, and he spent 
he read book after book. He studied Bill Walsh. He called Ronnie Lott. He, he tried to, you know, go into all this stuff about the 80s 49ers. How did you do it? How did you keep it together year after year? How did you sustain that uh, momentum that we're talking about, that, that drive that we're talking about? It is not easy to do. Um, it, it, it is an entirely different animal. Winning a Super Bowl and then coming back and trying to win another one and trying to keep yourself on top of the mountain. You can have the roster, you can have the talent, but it doesn't necessarily translate to, okay, you're going to be a, a you know a winner year after year. And it's why you know, love them or hate them, and most people hate them, you know, you, you at least have to admire what the Patriots have done uh, for, for so long here, because that is not an easy thing to do. And and again, I'll shelve that for now, because I, I want to get into that um, with, with our guest on, on our next episode, because I'm really fascinated to kind of hear the organization's thoughts about a lot of the stuff that, that we're talking about here, Jordan. So um want to ask you, uh, We've got some ground to cover here. Uh, you've been watching some of these players, and especially want to get into your your thoughts on some of these young guys um, who we're seeing for the first time, whether they be draft picks or especially some undrafted uh, free agents who who seem to be uh, turning some heads out there at uh, at OTAs. But first, I think we would be remiss. But well, I don't know if we would be remiss, but our, our <laughs> listeners would, would not be uh, happy with us if we if we didn't at least touch on something that is very important, and I'm not going to make light of it, um, because one person who's not there is Aaron Donald, and this is not a new situation. We've been talking about this for weeks, if not, uh, well, literally, probably months now, going back to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, we know Aaron Donald is not there. Uh, we know that you and your colleagues have been... Asking, I wish you guys could see my face right now, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Jordan like, looks like a picture with a tension headache. My, yeah, if, if my picture hands on what, my temples. <laughs> yeah, what you do when you have a tension headache. That's what that's what Jordan is doing right now. Um, but you've been uh, as diligent as you can possibly be in, in asking these questions. And, uh, you know, Sean McVay and, and the like have been as patient as they can be in answering them. Uh, but ultimately, there are still no answers right now. Um, so, you know, Jordan, you've been, you've been talking to everybody. Uh, if you can, to the extent that you can, cut through some of the nonsense that's on Twitter um, and just, you know, let us know exactly what's going on right now and what, you know, people should expect here over the next maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's no new news. Like it, it's it was actually interesting. I haven't I hadn't really heard uh Sean McVay say such say as much in as sort of blunt to terms as he did this week when he talked about Aaron Donald and and um you know whether he's going to be at at the mandatory mini camp and he basically was like none of this is new news. And you know, I'm referring, of course, to what is a phenomenal episode of the I Am Athlete podcast with Aaron Donald. That was just an incredible watch. And listen, you guys need to go check that out. Not so much for some of the contract stuff, which they get out of the way early, which I really appreciated because they really, I think they also all knew that this was what it was and they wanted to dive into some of the really cool things that make Aaron Donald Aaron Donald. And they did. And it was awesome the way he watches film and some of the stuff about his recruitment of Bobby Wagner. All of that was just fantastic. But I got to say, I mean, it, it's, it's completely it's completely accurate. Since March and even before that, a couple of weeks even before the Super Bowl, this football team, every, you know, the the front office, the coaching staff, they were aware what the stakes of this offseason could be um 
should they win the Super Bowl? And maybe even if they didn't, but certainly should they win the Super Bowl? And it is it is factual that, you know, Aaron Donald has considered what it would be like to to walk away from the game. It is factual that that's been in consideration for him after a certain period of time in this league, and especially as it pertains to him and how much he cares about his family and wants to be with, around his family and, and be so present for, um, you know, his his kids and, and, and all of that. Um, but also the financial component is a glaring reality that was sort of looming down the barrel um, of uh, of this. Everyone was aware of it. You know the the contracts. The thing the thing was is is it used to be that you set these guys up with these long contracts, and that was fine, especially if they were super elite players such as Aaron Donald and you and you know the six year deal, and that's fine. But once it gets to year four ish, you start to see okay. Everyone, you lock them in long term, but the market now can completely change over the course of, you know, two to three league cycles. And that's exactly what happened. And so now you have to recalibrate, restructure. And everybody has been aware of that since, again, like before March. This is January we're talking about. This this team is aware of the stakes. This is at the entrance when, when... Aaron steps onto the field in September, maybe not necessarily the retirement component, but the component of the finances, everybody is aware of this. Like the second the new league year begins, even pre in 2021, that everybody is aware of this. This is not, none of this is new news. Not one piece of this is new. So it it's repackaged and repurposed and different quotes are aggregated and, you know, flushed out and into the stratosphere and and all of that but like none of this is new. They have been preparing for this. Aaron has been preparing for this. Everybody has been communicating about this. This this is all just the same as it ever was. Great song also. Yes. Um as the days go by. Um <laughs> and so and so I I feel like it's it's just one of those things where I don't I don't have anything new to share. Sean yeah. McVay has said and said this week, he does expect not only did Aaron get the invite to his wedding and will be at his wedding. Uh, so oh. sorry to ru- rub it in, Rich. Wait. But <laughs> but also he um, he will be in. Sean McVay expects. I don't want to say anything definite on my end because I don't want to yeah. put anyone's in words in anyone's mouth. Yeah. Sean McVay does expect Aaron Donald to be at mandatory minicamp next week. Teammates. Believe. Yeah. Don't expect because nobody's going to demand Aaron to do anything, obviously. No, I wouldn't. Teammates yeah. expect that he will be there. The teammates that I have talked to over the last few days expect that he will be there. People behind the scenes in the Rams sort of stratosphere in, in on site believe that he will be there. I mean, it's it's like this is not. Yeah. Just to put it extremely succinctly, there's water at the bottom of the ocean, Rich. And... <laughs> Just gonna go through the whole, the whole discography. Yeah, yeah. The whole song. No, yeah. it's it, but it really, it, it's not new news. Same with same with Cooper Cup. Right, right. Right. This is is the same situation. Now, I will say this wasn't necessarily something that they were preparing for this off season after Cooper did sign that deal, and you could see the change in the deal. He, his deal is short, was way shorter term. Only three, only a three-year deal versus what what Aaron had signed uh, a couple years previously. So there, there was the awareness that there might need to be some flexibility with this particular deal, um, but but not maybe to the extreme that Cooper outperformed the contract. I think that yeah. 
everybody except for Cooper Cup himself was maybe a little at first, you know, sort of blown away by just how much he he was able to outperform and outproduce that particular contract. Um, so I think, you know, obviously that's a different timeline, but that has also been the same. Every As back, these guys don't come out publicly and say things that they don't think will happen. Like they're not they 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 take risks obviously as an organization but they're not going to come out there and just like especially after everything that has happened contractually with them over the last couple of years and some of the swings that they've missed on um right. they're not going to come out there and say you know Tony Pastor isn't come, isn't going to come out there and say at the league meetings where he never goes on the record with anything ever right, right. or talks to media ever and Tony if you're listening to this Right. You never talk to media ever. <laughs> and and he's not going to come out there and right. and say, "Hey, yeah, we're going to do some we're going to get Cooper's deal done. We're going to get Aaron's deal done." Like that right. has been the truth. That's been the case. Nothing has changed. Rant right. over. Right. right. It's right. going to happen. I you know what? The only thing that's not done is it's just not things aren't signed and final final agreements aren't agreed upon and like that that usually often happens in June. And July, as it is, Sean McVay and Les Snead uh, will will be extended before the start of training camp. All of these things, all of these truths right. remain true. Right, right. Well, you, you know, Jordan, I mean, you're right. Tony doesn't talk, you know, very often publicly. And, and when he does, he usually ends up saying to myself, my God, what have I done? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we wrap a neat neat bow that 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 concludes that concludes the yes, talking the, heads the, the talking head segment yeah. of the podcast <laughs> um yeah i it, it's it's so hard to i mean you're right i mean I, I don't mean to be overly snarky i i know i know how that sounds coming from me i don't mean to be overly snarky about stuff that's on twitter because like i understand you know somebody talks and it becomes content and it gets parsed out all over the place but um I, I think the best way to say it, Jordan, is, is the way that you say it frequently is that multiple things can be true at the same time. Um, and what I mean by that in this particular case is I don't think Aaron Donald is bluffing and I don't think he's lying. I don't I think he's being absolutely genuine with everything that he said, either publicly on that podcast, which I agree was fantastic. I loved hearing Aaron Donald like this. And by the way, just very quick tangent, as somebody who considers himself, you know, a, a, a fan of what Aaron Donald does, I love seeing him put himself out there like that. I love seeing him open up like that uh, to hear him talk about, as you mentioned, Jordan, the way that he breaks down film. I was captivated listening to that. Uh, just as somebody who enjoys football and enjoys that side of it, I could have listened to that. He could he could have kept talking for two hours, and I would have I would have listened to to whatever he had to say. So I really enjoyed that. But the thing about it is I, I, there was nothing shocking to me in what he said about his his thoughts on retirement or his thoughts on not playing football anymore he's been consistent about that either publicly or you know through certain vehicles whatever it may be he's not lying he's not he's this is not Aaron Donald is a is a straightforward man this is not a contract ploy now, I mean I understand that it's tied into a contract and tied into money but he's genuine about what he's saying and and he's been consistent about it from, as you said, at least January, if if not more, who knows when this thing started, but he's been consistent all the way through. So to act like 
things that are being said are now somehow new or uh, uh, the story has altered or been changed or is renewed for it. It's not. It's not the case. Like he's just telling you the same thing that's been on his mind genuinely uh, for months now. And what we can also hold as a truth is exactly what you said, that the Rams are aware of this and they are working through it. And it's not a surprise to them. Nothing. I, I, I can't believe that anything that Aaron has said shocked them or uh, that anything is going to surprise them. Uh, they're well aware of what the situation is and they are going to have to work through it. And we don't have a, a certain outcome here. We don't. Uh, we, it's it's going to have to play itself out. Um the only other thing I would add, Jordan, and I mean this, and I've said this on Twitter, that I mean this as nothing but a compliment because I love this about him. But Sean McVay has the worst public poker face in the <laughs> entire world. So when he comes out and says that he expects Aaron Donald to be at mandatory minicamp, this is just me talking. This is I'm not putting this on Jordan or anybody else, but to me, when he says that, if I could place a bet on it, I would bet that Aaron Donald will be at training camp. I mean, at yeah. uh, at OTAs at the at the mini camp. Um, and I don't bet, Sean. You, you just have to know, like he and doesn't and he say those sure, things. Yeah, and if he weren't sure, he'd he'd come off as annoyed. That's happened in the past. If he, exactly. if he has to comment on something that he's not sure about, this was remember before the Deshaun Jackson cut. Yes. Um, when they were kind of working through that situation and nothing had been made final yet. And he was sort of asked about it and he was like very clearly annoyed. Right. Um, and, you know, couldn't really give a definitive answer either way. But you could just tell there's just this dude. I mean, there's not that's that's the thing. It's it's like yeah. he was lighthearted and joking about it. And again, this is not just Sean saying it. this is me creeping around, lurking around and asking other people. Right. You know, like right. this is, it's just, but, but yeah. And, and that's, you know, he, he knew he was going to get asked about it. The thing was, is I really, I think too, that going on a podcast, like I am athlete, which is, does just phenomenal interviews with, uh, with professional athletes and, um, really is like a casual conversation. Um, I think it's, it's, was a really good way to also launch the fact that, um, he is putting himself out there more on the on the marketing side. I mean, this is this is the um the best football player on the planet. Um certainly the best defensive football player on the planet. And uh he recently joined Donda Sports, Kanye West's marketing sports marketing arm. And what I think is underrated about that that just got buried amid, you know, all this other contract stuff and that's fine cuz you want to Part of the marketing is you want to have, you know, your name should be in the cycle and, and all of that. And, and I think it's interesting because almost sometimes you see with Rams players as as famous as some of these guys are, like sometimes they kind of float under the radar a little bit sure. in terms of the 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 daily sports zeitgeist, right? Yeah. And so Aaron, I think obviously it's good to put get his name out there like that in terms of uh, the, the specifically the marketing side. Everyone's very well aware of who he is and what he can do. Um, but also like, Erica, his wife, um, was also hired by Donda Sports. I think that is like, why why aren't we publicizing that more? Like, that's mm. a huge, that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's a huge move. It is. Like, yeah. not only was she handling his marketing, it's like the greatest football player on the planet right now, like not only handling his marketing, but also is honestly blazing a trail in this brand new vision of sports company. I don't, you know, I don't know 
that much about the the structure of it and it's still figuring itself out and it's right. but it's backed by hugely resourceful people yeah. um and it's it is a huge cultural move in this landscape yeah. and for her to be hired by them and she still has the you know as my understanding because Aaron very was very clear about this on the podcast mm-hmm. which I hope people listen to the entire thing and not just little pieces of it mm-hmm. to serve social media yes like it, it's he was very clear that she will still be working like have that autonomy but w- like to me that was kind of the because and again I, I'm looking at this as a different perspective because this is none of this is to quote Sean McFay, none of this is new news. But that part is. That's new news. Yeah. And that's really interesting to me because this yeah. is, you know, this is someone who is is blazing a trail of her own in this regard. Mm-hmm. Not just under, you know, under someone else's umbrella, uh, but also but as a partner. Like he he is speaking about her as a partner in yeah. his sort of personal business. And I think that that was like that was the fascinating part of this was was sort of understanding that structure and that dynamic. Like this is something where you're seeing him come out of his shell, but also this partnership that they have professionally and as a relationship. Like you're seeing them come out of their shell and sort of spread their wings a little bit. And I just think that's that's the news part of this. I think that's really mm-hmm. interesting. Now, of course, I did get this question a couple times that. You know, they they will not be. He's not just all of a sudden switching over contract negotiations. They don't they don't do that. Like Todd right. France is still negotiating his his contract and has been. Right. Um. But but I just think that part of it's so fascinating. Again, it's the stuff we miss under underneath all the noise. Um. That I just think is neat. I thought it was worth mentioning. It it, it definitely is, and and a fascinating. Uh, you know, transition. I, I don't want to speak for, I, I, I don't want to speak for Aaron at all, no, nor, nor Erica, uh, but, but you could kind of see it. How, I mean, Aaron, just, you know, anybody who's been a Rams fan, I mean, they got here in 2016 and, and, you know, for the first, I, I guess like five years, four to five years, I mean, you, you'd never heard from this guy. Like, I mean, he would do his little interviews with us every week. He didn't seek anything out. He wasn't, you know, trying to, and, and I always thought, I always admired that, um, him for that in a way, just because he was a private man, you know, he, he wanted to, to, to do his own business. But, but I always looked at him and thought, man, like there could be more there though. Like not only are you a, a fantastic player, you're the best defensive player in the world, but you're an engaging guy. He's a smart guy. He's got a sense of humor. Like, and I always kind of looked at it like, I mean, it's fine if you don't want that for yourself. Like a lot of people don't. But, but I always kind of looked at him and thought, there's more there. And and you saw it start to happen slowly, or at least I, I kind of did. You know, I, I remember, I don't know whether it was on Aaron's YouTube or, or whose YouTube it was exactly, but they started to do these little videos um, at, at their house. You know, they, they, they he and Erica were in the kitchen, you know, making dinner or whatever. And, and you could slowly see it starting to come out a little bit more. And again, I don't know the dynamics there. It's not important. It's none of my business, uh, you know, how that how that played out. But that you could see it start starting to come out. And I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people did too. So to now 
to see that taken to the next level and and to see them, as you said, Jordan, so well, being partners in this, um, I, I think it's a great next step and just, just a really cool um, evolution of, of somebody who was always a fantastic player, but now is really able to kind of show himself um, as a, a full person. And, and this is the full Aaron Donald, not just what you see uh, on the football field for, for four quarters. And by the way, Jordan, the other, and, and I do want to get your, your closing thoughts on that. The, the other thing that I had, the other takeaway from watching that is like, I would feel pretty good about hiring Aaron Donald as my defensive line coach at, at any point. I mean, just hearing some <laughs> of the, right. I mean, not just because yeah. he's a great player, but, but he, hearing some of the things like, hearing how his mind works uh, as a, as a lineman, like he's not just a guy who's out there and he, he certainly has every physical attribute that, that you would want, but he's not out there just winning because he's stronger than everybody else or because his footwork is better than everybody else. Like he studies this stuff. Like he yeah. know he knows this stuff and I don't know, I have no idea what his ambitions are, but I, I'd feel pretty good about having him out there, you know, teaching, teaching the next generation of defensive linemen. Yeah. I think what's cool to sort of put a bow on this, um, I think what's cool is when you see people become just who they want to be and who they're sort of meant to be and find their paths. And like, that's what I love. I've talked to you about this so much, Rich, is like, that's what I love about beat writing is like, you're not really involved in it. You just sort of watch it, but you watch it as a third party and you watch that change over time and you get to see people become. And I think what's really cool about this is to me, and I, I'm completely editorializing here. I am not putting words in anyone's mouths, right. obviously. But to me, this is watching Aaron's path the last couple of years, and also a lot of these guys on this team, watching these guys' path the last couple of years, to me, is an example. And I think specifically Aaron, because of what he went through in St. Louis um, as such a talented player on a really bad team. Yeah. Um, and I think you as you watched him come out of his shell you sort of saw what can happen when someone has that airspace ahead of them to really just spread their wings a little bit and it's not like he could never it's not like he couldn't do any of this stuff before and right. it's not like he you know didn't have the wherewithal or, or any of these qualities before but it's like what happens when you throw yourself into those qualities? Because yeah. you can, because you're not, you're not, you know, worrying about sort of watching years go by in front of you. You're right. you're more concerned now. You've accomplished what you need to accomplish, and you're more concerned now about throwing yourself into the things that you do want to explore. One of the coolest things about that podcast to me. And about what he said to me was how he kept saying, I just, I just want to learn about so much stuff. I just yeah. have so much stuff I want to learn. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if people fully appreciate the breadth of that statement. This is right. a all-time football player who, again, reached the mountaintop and he's sitting there in in front of again in an environment in front of other former professional athletes in front of a hypermasculine environment and he's he's openly admitting where he you know he he's yeah. like I I need to learn more I want to learn more I want to do more the, and like lighting up as he says talks about what he wants to still become 
as he continues to have that airspace in front of him. And I just, I just thought that was really cool. I think like all yeah. of us, we go through these, these periods of our lives where we think about, you know, who we are and what's next and wh- where we've come and, and what we want to be and who we want to be. And I think catching him so publicly in a moment like that is just, it's a really rare glimpse. It's a special glimpse into somebody's life and it's a very small one. And we can't obviously project our own consciousness uh, on someone else and we can't assume to know what anybody else is thinking or feeling. But for for to see a glimpse into someone else's life, whether it's somebody who lives down the street from you or the best football player on the planet, like it's a really special thing to be able to see into someone's life like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really fascinated to see um, kind of, and I don't want to say we're, we almost sound like we're sending him off into retirement. Like, good luck. Good luck, Aaron. Like, no, that's, and we're, no. we're certainly not doing that, but no, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it, it, it is a guy who I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious to see what he, what he does uh, with the rest of his life, because I, I, I think there's, there's a lot there and whatever, whatever path he, he chooses, um, I, I think he's somebody who can make a, a you know, an, a, a difference. Uh, and it was, it was a couple of years ago, I think kind of at the start of the pandemic, like I got a chance to talk to him and, and his sister Akita, um, because they're very in- involved in the, uh, they call it the AD 99 solutions, uh, uh, foundation. And it's not just one of those, and I don't mean this as a slight to anybody in particular, but it's not one of those where, you know, the, the athlete just throws money at something and, and gets their name on it. I mean, if you've, if you've seen Aaron's social media or whatever it may be. I mean, he's out there with those kids and like, he's, he's really involved in, in that. So again, I don't, we're, we're again, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're talking about, you know, what Aaron's going to do in retirement here, but, uh, but, but I, I think that podcast was a, was a good glimpse into, you know, kind of who he is and, and what he might do. So. And it's a lot, this is a lot more important and yeah substantial to talk about than regurgitating the same bullshit about things that have always been new, have always been the same and have not changed. And like, okay, cool. Let's just recycle the cycle and just fire everybody up again. Uh, You know, and I'm talking specifically about social media. I'm not talking about that podcast because it was fantastically done. I'm talking specifically about that the wave of aggregators and, and, you know, tweets and whatever, what have you that totally overwhelmed the internet for has this entire week. Like this is, this is more fun to me to talk about some of the substantial stuff that actually, you know, is real. Um, rant. I, I, have come dangerously close to going on many rants during this, during this podcast and I'm trying to curb myself a little bit. So The, the joys of being a beat writer. I, I remember them all too well in getting asked about things that uh, that you've covered time and time and time. And no, time I don't mind again. the questions. I'm not talking about that either. I'm really not talking no, about the questions. I love getting questions from right. Or, from I should say having to deal with the same topics. Yeah, I'm that, not talking yeah. about getting questions at all. I'm not yeah. referring to that. I think I love getting questions from people. I don't care if it's the same question every single day for a year, yeah. and sometimes it is. Like I don't care about that. I'm talking about when things are repackaged for the sake of of traffic. That's, yes. that's, yes. that's what I don't like. <laughs> no, I, I agree. No, thank you for clarifying that because yeah. that, is, that is an important uh, distinction there. So looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Anyway, we will get some clarity on this at some point. And, and Jordan, hopefully it's not one of your days off when uh, when that happens. You know, Rich, not to interrupt, someone came up to me at practice today and was like, Rich is so nice. He's always reminding you to take a vacation. That's true. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> but, I, just like, you know I, don't know to, I don't know how to respond to that no frankly. I do I mean you can joke about it but I do tell my my writers like I said I'm over on the NHL side and like part of my job now is to say well, you need to take time off like you need you need to take time yeah. off the company our, our company is is you know pretty generous with our with our PTO like you got to take advantage of that like and they want you to take advantage of it but I know exactly how it is Jordan like I've been there and that's part of the reason why I tell you to do that is because I know how that feels and I know how when you when you do and I'm not going to start you know bragging on Jordan again but I know when you're as comprehensive as Jordan is with with her work um, it's hard it's hard to take days off it's hard to separate yourself because you you're immersed in it and and you want to be on top of things every day and I I know how that feels to get away you almost feel like you're you're, you're missing a hand or something like it doesn't it doesn't feel quite right but I, I will tell you that when you do take that time away uh, you, you do appreciate it so um, so I will continue to tell you that in, in the in the I appreciate the person who told you that. And they should also <laughs> encourage you to take time off because uh, because you should. And, um, but there will be some clarity at, at some point here, hopefully sooner uh, rather than later for everybody. But Jordan, let's let's talk about, before we go here about some of the people who have been on the field. And uh, you know, we you you've been covering this so comprehensively at the Athletic on our app on our website. Uh, practically daily uh, updates, uh, in-depth reports on what's going on out there. So I will refer everybody in general uh, to go look at, at Jordan's reports. Lots of stuff in there about some veteran guys, who's on the field, who's not on the field, why they are or not on the field, how they're recovering from injuries. So I will uh, kind of in general refer everybody uh, to your uh, to your stories uh, for that information. But I did so much of these these OTAs, Jordan, and um, are about uh, some of these young guys too who are coming in and especially on a, a team like the Rams where as as we've talked about almost ad nauseum uh, you need these young guys to come in and and not necessarily be starters right away, but uh, to, to get in the rotation or to get in on special teams, uh, probably more important for the Rams than it is for a lot of uh, teams out there. So um, you've run through some names. I, I'm going to I'm going to kick you off with one and and then I'll, I'll let you uh, go in any direction that you want with it. But but one name that I've seen come up uh multiple times is Lance McCutcheon, um, undrafted uh, free agent uh, receiver out of Montana State. 
Um, so uh, you've written about him, but what should people know about him and uh, what's he been doing out there? Yeah, he's kind of like that uh, a little bit bigger bodied prototype of a receiver. Um, and he just seems like he just gets open. Um, not, not someone who I would say is, is unduly or, un, you know, sort of surprising, you know, in terms of his, his speed or, um, you know, he doesn't really str- his testing numbers didn't really s- jump off the page or anything like that. Um, but he just gets open and he just knows how to catch the ball. And I think that Cooper cup, actually, I caught up with Cooper cup today's Thursday. I caught up with him after practice today. Um, he will be at minicamp, and yes, it was a ridiculous question on my end, but it had to be asked because yeah. what if something, you know, in that very small percentage point sure. that it he doesn't show up, something that would mean something really went off the rails and that would merit digging into. So I did have to ask. I We both recognized how ridiculous it was for me to ask that question because he has been <laughs> – he has been at all the voluntary stuff, but anyway, aside from that, he um he name dropped. I asked him about guys who stood out to him. He he mentioned Tutu Atwell, um, which I thought was good because it seems like Cooper has taken an interest, like a special sort of uh, mentorship interest in Tutu this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's good. That'll be that's good for I think both players because Cooper does like to learn by teaching others and also. Um, I think it's ob- great for Tutu for uh, a wide variety of reasons, and I think that'll be interesting to watch as as time passes. But Cooper also specifically mentioned Lance McCutcheon. And again, like this is an undrafted free agent signing, um, and he the Rams haven't done a ton of seven-on-seven work, um, and most of it's been installation and so he's not gotten a lot of work in in live drilling opportunities but when he did he was the one who stood out among you know the cluster of pass catchers on that sort of second team so minus Allen Robinson minus Cooper Cup uh you know without Van on the field Ben Skronik's been getting some time with the ones like Van Van is rehabbing obviously the knee um and minus Tyler Higby, minus some, you know, the 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 guys who you'd expect of the cluster, like Lance McCutcheon has has absolutely stood out and sort of really I was a bit taken aback actually last week when they did do seven on sevens with how well he seemed to have picked everything up already in terms of he ran multiple different route concepts from various parts of the tree um in their seven on seven drill. And was sort of the go-to target with rotating quarterbacks in John Walford and Bryce Bryce Perkins, and it was a contested catch on the sideline. It was a sort of heavy traffic over the middle that we usually see Cooper or Robert Woods when he was here run, um, and then an end zone grab uh, that was also contested in the back corner, and that was that was interesting to me because he looked very sure of himself. There mm. wasn't any sort of uh hesitation. It was he was playing fast and he was very very confident in at the catch point. And I think that is probably one of the things that stood out to Cooper. So I, I think that's interesting. He's someone that I'm going to keep an eye on. Um you know, a couple a couple of these guys, a couple of these undrafted free agents, um I am I'm super fascinated by um, and I think that they, the Rams, they, especially this time of year, um, 
they're also really closely watching these guys because the middle the middle group, the middle cluster is like their draft picks and they're all competing with each other right now or many of them are competing with each other. Um, and some of these guys aren't haven't officially signed their contracts yet. So you have to sort of be careful with how much you work them into things. And I suspect that's why Logan Bruss in part is in and out of, of the equation. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting him some some reps, but also being careful in your onboarding of him. Um he has been working off to the side with uh, with Kevin Carberry, and that's been that's been really good. But in terms of um, of some of these guys who are sort of in that, and I don't even want to say like the bottom cluster because that that introduces a hierarchy, and I don't like doing that this time of year. But there are a couple of guys that like some of the pass rushers that they have. Like I was really, and he he was a draft pick, but Daniel Hardy, like he's he's longer than I imagined he would be. You know, when when you read his his uh, scouting reports, like undersized DN or undersized outside linebacker, and yes, he he doesn't have the length of frame that like Leonard Floyd or Justin Hollins have, but he's got really long arms, and the dude can bend. Like when they're going around the hoop and doing some of those drills, um, you know, you, you there's some the guy's got some tools, and you know, you see him on that same sort of trajectory, or maybe even a little bit faster tracked that that Chris Garrett was on. And then you see Chris Garrett taking a step forward too, which has been interesting, and Terrell Lewis, which has been interesting. Um, but those those particular sort of late round and undrafted free agent guys um, have been fascinating to watch. And the Rams are also returning um, almost an entire redshirt class. Um, and, you know, Jacob Harris has gotten back out and done sprints. And um, the dude is jogging. He's doing like a jog, maybe 60% pace. And it it's just not real. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> it's going to be really fun, I think, for people to see Jacob Harris go full speed uh, when when he finally is cleared for full activity because he's tall. He he looks very long. Like he having him. I think the best thing is when he having him out there with Allen Robinson because they're built very similarly. Like they're tall, super long arms, large hands long legs, but they can play small and work their way into leverages and all these different types of things. But they're just really long athletic players. And when you watch them in stretching lines together, you kind of see what the vision is. You're kind of like, oh yeah, those guys, they're going to pair those guys up a lot. Like they're going to talk, those guys are going to be sort of attached in terms of some of the things that maybe the mentorship passes on or some of the ways that they might want to want to have them utilized. And, and, um, I'm obviously throwing out a lot of different things at one time after you asked me about Lance McCutcheon, but no, there's also yeah. there's all kinds of thoughts that are floating around my head in that regard. But it's it's really interesting seeing some of this this play out um, in this way because you can kind of see with some of the guys that they have on the field, you can see the patterns they've established. And I mentioned that with with Daniel Hardy and with Chris Garrett and then with Allen and with Jacob Harris, like some of the pro like the the trait patterns that you can tell that they've sort of gone after. Um, you can sort of see some of these guys um, where they might flash like in in camp if they continue on this trajectory. And I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I'm also as you as you get to your next point, Rich, I'm looking up the I know I noted a couple pieces ago, one guy who I watched in camp, but he's the outside linebacker from Holy Cross. And right now his name is escaping me. Well, um, good. Yeah, he was the one guy I was going to ask you about. Benton. Oh, Whitley. good. Yes. Yeah. OK, so Benton Whitley. Yeah. So there was a day, there was a day at camp 
last week and he's wearing 51. So it trips you out because you, that was Troy Reader's number. So you're just used to seeing that on yes. the inside linebacker. And so you see this guy and he's a little undersized again, sort of similar in the vein of, of a, a, a Daniel Hardy or like even Chris Garrett, Chris Garrett, I wouldn't call undersized, but you know, not a lot of people are like Leonard Floyd or Justin Hollins out there. So right. it's, yeah. So, um, you see this guy and he's moved up a couple of spots in past rush drills, which all always means something. It means that you're, that's how you can establish what some of the hierarchies are. Um, especially if other players are maybe not there for the day or they're doing different types of, of specific technical drills. And Ben Whitley, he moved forward a couple of spots and they were doing uh bend and, and rush drills and they were doing some footwork drills and tracking drills. And he, he moves almost like he is a safety. Like it, it was one of those things, you know, how you, you, when you watch a safety track, uh, horizontally and you watch him sort of flow and it's kind of very smooth motions. And when he was doing some of the, the wider movement drills, he kind of moved almost like that. But then all of a sudden he'd bend around, uh, Thad Bogardis, who was holding the hip pads, He'd bend around him all of a sudden, and he'd be really close to the grass. And then the one arm would shoot out, and you're like, holy cow, that guy's got long arms. And I don't know. It's just like on a granular level, I was like, that guy's pretty toolsy. Like you think there might be something there. And it's hard for a lot of times when you're watching this because it's like only so many coaches and a lot of guys to develop and a lot of guys to bring along. But sometimes people, Lance McCutcheon was that for me, and then – uh, Benton Whitley was that for me. Guys who kind of just stick in your brain. And I know it's it's sucks on my part that I couldn't immediately recall his name, but there's been oh. a lot of new people to get to know over the last couple of days. But I'm telling you, this guy, like just the way that he moved was really stood out to me. And I was like, there might, there might be something there. There might be something that they want to try to explore there. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And, and that's to me, this, that's what I've always loved, um, you know, about the, this time of year is, is exactly that kind of player uh, and, and the potential, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of time between now and, and the, the, the Buffalo Bills uh, season opener, but, but just uh, seeing guys like that come out there and shine and take advantage of their moments, always loved uh, watching that. So uh, Jordan, but before we wrap up, I, I, I think uh, you, you, we've been talking a lot about the UDFA guys who are, are very interested in, I know people are, like to hear about those guys because they don't get an opportunity to, to really see them. But um, I did want to touch on Logan Bruss a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just because obviously the kind of the biggest name uh, coming out of the draft and the guy who is is seen, I think it's fair to say, is, is a possibility of of inheriting one of those um, starting jobs. I know you uh, mentioned him him getting some first team reps, um, and and Sean I think tried to. I'm not I'm not reading anything into it, but he he downplayed a little, <laughs> little bit. You didn't see that. You didn't see that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jedi mind trick. Uh, I mean, what what for a guy like that right now? I mean, what what is kind of the reasonable expectation? I mean, what is it you think they're kind of looking for from him right now? And uh, I don't know. It's I I'll be honest with you. I found it in in insanely difficult to uh, analyze offensive linemen just watching them because uh, I didn't understand them as, as well as I should have, but I don't know any, any, any takeaways from, from watching him or or just from anything you've heard about how he's handled this, this first uh, kind of practices. Yeah. that's been a goal of mine this year over year last year, heading into this year, just because I was one 
someone who was very skeptical about their offensive line heading into 2021. And then they showed qualities of tenacity and skill that I think really outperformed maybe at the level of expectation. Um, And I think, so for me, I was like, all right, so I'm going to want to try to learn more about those things and look more deeply into that part. Uh, You know, you always self-scout where sure maybe something you're not seeing. So I spend a good deal of time back there with those guys um, to the point where <laughs> they're sometimes sarcastic <laughs> hellos are exchanged. Like, oh, it's, it's you again. Oh, okay. you're here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, really great group of guys. They're really, they're really oh, fun yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah, the best, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, so I spend a good deal of time there, usually at the beginning of practices. Um, and... What I noticed about Logan is that he is more of a prototypical guard than I think he he is more in the mold of I think Austin Corbett's sort of body type than he is uh David Edwards. And what I mean by that is it's clear to me that David Edwards has leaned out a little bit. I he'll still be playing guard, but it is also clear to me that he's somebody who they quite I think quite clearly see could move in a in in an emergency into a tackle position because he's Mm. long like he's very long framed like he's i would say he's among other than rob havenstein he's among one of the longer framed linemen who are out there and you know he's a very good guard he'll he'll stay at guard but that's one of the things that i noticed um in terms of the difference between him and and logan bruss they were talking a lot about um, you know, Logan and, and his friendship with with David and how they worked out together and their Wisconsin guards and all this stuff. And so you automatically have almost before you see someone in person, you have sort of an image of what this, you know, someone will be and sort of what they'll look like and all this stuff. And then when you see him, he is like a, I think, much more in that Austin Corbett mold, which I think is a good thing. I think you you want that. You want that low, that low center of gravity and you want that like a lot of the power in the trunk and all that stuff. And, right. and, you know, he has got longer arms and, and all of those things that are super important um, that they look for in the, in the guard position. And especially important to have guys of that size around a center who is maybe not as big. Um, right. And I think that that's, that's really important as well. So to me, those two details are really interesting. Logan, you can tell it's a lot of install. Like there is a lot for him to learn. He's taking extra time with Kevin Carberry, Um, And just seems to be very sort of process oriented right now and really watching a lot of things right on the side of Kevin Carberry's shoulder Mm -hmm. as he's watching other guys slide in. They've played a lot of guys at that guard spot. Tremaine Ankrum, I think, is under the radar as a really valuable depth swing player for them. Um, Swing player, meaning he could play on the left or the right side in a pinch. That's super important to them. Alaric Jackson continues to have his development, um, you know, with Brian Allen working in the training room, Coleman Shelton has been taking the the center reps, which is good because John Walford is taking the first team quarterback snaps. And so those two have often more so worked together, uh, which continues that, that rapport, which is a good thing. Um, but we know Coleman Shelton can also slide to guard. So I think it's also important for Logan to be watching, not just what he's supposed to be doing, but how many people could be pushing him to really take a firm hold on that spot. Cause they have moved a lot of different guys into that, that guard spot that he is expected to occupy. Like, I don't, I don't have a doubt that in training camp, he ultimately secures the job. He just, he looks, he looks ready it, to me. Like there's obviously some technical work and some things, but in terms of his physical appearance, appearance, like he looks ready to me to, to play. 
Um, but at the same time, there's going to be so much mental stuff to put in and also that competitive edge that you're going to need. Like, and, and I don't, I don't think it is unplanned that he's able to sit there and watch how many people could do that job. Right. Um, because I think that's important. I think you want to sit there and say, no, I want to take ownership of that. I don't, I didn't just inherit that. Like I, th- I get when he's drafted, you kind of have to say if you're the head coach and the GM, like, yes, he's going to immediately, we want, we want him to be starting. He will start for us at guard. Like you kind of, I get why you have to say that, especially when you're picking as late as they did. Right. But now this is the reality check where like, you still do have to compete for that spot. And I right. think that seeing that, um, and getting those guys depth, you know, experience there, but also Logan seeing that from afar. I think that ultimately, if he takes a hold of it the right way, I think that pays dividends. Yeah, well, that's all good news uh, for the Rams. And and I mean, at this point, you know, two days into June, you you can't win a spot. Um, so there's no there's no uh, eh, there's no declarations that are going to take place at this point, but, but you can certainly start yourself down that path and you can either take positive steps, or you can take negative steps. And it, it sounds like uh, some positive steps are being taken here and, and there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more work to do and it's going to get harder as he gets into main camp and as it gets into joint practices and gets into preseason games and all, I mean, every step gets a little bit progressively uh, more difficult, but uh, certainly for, by all indications, uh, sounds like he's put himself in a position where uh, he can be part of that conversation. Uh, later on in the in the fall, so that's always a good thing. Uh, Jordan, there's so much out there, but you, you, again, you've covered all of this good injury news in some fronts in terms of Jordan Fuller, uh, you know, seeming to be on track for training camp. Less good news in some other areas. Uh, Kyron Williams, unfortunately, gets his initiation into being a Rams running back, which is unfortunately an injury. Um, It just seems like that's just what happens. You're a Rams running back. You know, here's your... uh, Here's your assigned injury. Uh, not to make light of that. Hope he's hope he's doing okay. Daryl Henderson, once again, kind of dealing with something, uh, lower body injury. So um, yeah, and real quick, Rich, yeah. I saw some mm-hmm. confusion out okay. there too with Daryl. That like Sean McVay mentioned that it was a flare up of an old or a, a previous injury, um, and I saw some confusion about like that maybe he was still recovering from that old injury. That's not the case. A flare-up of a soft tissue injury is technically a new injury. It just happens to be in a sensitized location because that location has been subjected to stress and trauma. So like that – that's it's a new injury that he is now working through. It just happens to be in a spot that's previously given him some trouble. I saw some people – uh, that were confused about it, saying like, "Oh no, he's just still recovering from from something that he had been dealing with," which is not the case. Like, mm, it, no. this is a new flare up of of something that he had dealt with um, in the in the past. Right. Um, and Kyron, Kyron, I you know, it looks it looked so he was able to walk off the field under his own power. Um, it looked like lower leg foot. Um, he was in a boot and a scooter on a scooter, but he stayed out at practice. Like he clearly recognizes that he will be a part of this group moving forward. It is June. I wouldn't panic too much about it. And, um, he was able, like he was on the scooter, most of it, but he was able to put, you know, stand on his two feet with the boot on. Um, he was able to, uh, stay out there the entire time. Um, he was cheering on Jake Funk and Cam Akers and Raymond Calais. Raymond Calais is back working with, with his teammates after a season ending injury last year. Um, 
And so very, very thin room right now. But uh, Kyron Williams, I I would be probably pretty optimistic about that. I I wouldn't be like overly probably concerned about that. I could, you know, I could be wrong. You know, these sometimes these things take a turn. But um, as of what it looked like, you know, in the short term, he seemed to be in good spirits and it seemed like it was something that – you know, he, it, it'll just take a few weeks and, and maybe he'll be back for, for training camp. Yeah. And, and at this point, as, as you well know, Jordan, I mean, you're always going to err on the side of caution. I mean, even right. more than you would at any point, there's absolutely, I mean, yes, I'm, I shouldn't say, I mean, Kyron is a rookie. He does want to be out there and it is important for him to be out there, but yeah. the, nobody's going to push anything for the sake of getting somebody out there um, in an OTA's practice. So certainly not in yeah. common. And as you've written about, you know, a lot of this stuff, whether you want to call it precaution or extra caution, whatever you want to call it, uh, they, they will go the extra mile to make sure that uh, that guys are ready to be on the field in July when they need to be rather than right now when it's a little bit more of a luxury. So, yeah, I, I don't think, for example, like, I guess that this is probably as clear or as, as firm as I could state it. Like, I don't think many, even if any guys would, for example, be on the pup list if camp started tomorrow. Right. Like, I think right. most of them could, could be ready to go and could right. be okay. You don't want to obviously have that be the situation you want to give everyone the time they need but like i really don't think you're looking at any sort of catastrophe here right now with anybody yeah yeah, yeah. no the, the the time to worry if, if you're a worrier by nature the time to worry is when like you said jordan that they're not ready to answer the bell uh in the last week of july if that's the case then you can start you know maybe worrying a little bit more First week of June, not so much, not so much. But uh, of course, we don't want to see anybody being injured and uh, hope all those guys are back um, as soon as they can be. Uh, Jordan, so much out there, like like you talked about. We didn't even get to talk about the punters. I mean, that's really a shame, but I know you've been watching uh, those guys closely <laughs> too. That'll be a, a topic for another uh, time. And uh, yeah, mandatory mini camp next week. I uh, hear Aaron ma- Donald and Cooper Cup will be there. Ooh, breaking I'll, I'm going to put that on Twitter. Is it okay if I put that on Twitter? Breaking um, news. Yes, breaking news. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I believe. And uh, so that's always an interesting time. I know there's more access um, and you can maybe learn a little bit more. Well, I got to tell you, actually, a uh, bit surprised. I, I don't know if they cut a day off or if we only get two out of the three days, uh-huh. but where it should or would be three days, it's only yeah. two now. Yeah, I bet so, I have the answer to that one, but I'll just leave just, that. I'll just leave that without saying. <laughs> yeah, just to so everyone's programming notes, everyone yes. is, is aware of what coverage will be coming. Um, mm-hmm. Next week, there will be two days of media access for mini camp. So um, definitely excited to go see what there is to see. Yeah. And um, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of guys in the building and um, you know, kind of good to see what the vibes are and what people have to say. And, and, uh, maybe the workload increases just a little bit, but probably not by much, but it'll still be fun to see everybody. Yeah. And I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but I, I've been through a couple of those where they did just chop the third day or they just cut it really short. So we'll see how that goes, but you know, if there's good attendance and they get the, well, it's mandatory, so there should be good attendance, but if they get the work (laughs) done that they want, uh, sometimes they cut those guys loose uh, a day early, but, uh, but certainly Tuesday and Wednesday and, uh, hope to learn some more, uh, Jordan, you've been all over it as usual. Uh, the coverage fantastic on the athletic app website, uh, great updates on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. We know it'll continue. 
I will persist in my efforts to get you some days off uh, <laughs> after OTAs end. That is the one time per year of that late June, early July. That is the that is really the NFL offseason using finger quotes. There is is about four weeks uh, at the at the end of uh, June and early July. So we're going to get Jordan to take advantage of that. <laughs> um, but we will be back. Like I said, excited. I think we're going to have a great podcast guest coming up uh, the start, not this coming week, but the week after. Maybe, maybe even an opportunity to ask some questions of this person. Oh, maybe. And not just, and not just from uh, from us, the talking head. No, sorry, no, thanks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe Jordan and I don't boy, I don't want to get anybody too excited here. Like if you're <laughs> if you're on the road listening to this, please pull over, pull but over the car, <laughs> maybe even some answers about the uniforms, Jordan. That's wow. I'll, mm. You know what? All you rich, all you. I know. I know they always say don't over deliver or don't over promise and under deliver. But no, this is good. You're just yeah. you're you're holding yeah. you're holding this person feet to the fire I am. like this is yes. this yes we we're setting a standard the standard is the standard <laughs> the standard of, is the standard and yeah. none of this news is new <laughs> <laughs> jordan thanks so much uh at jordan rodrigue on twitter if you're not a subscriber already i have good news for you you can go right now to the athletic.com slash 11 personnel you can get all of the mandatory mini camp coverage and you'll make Jordan happy because you will get her favorite thing in the entire world other than her dog, Jordan, or her dog, Tucker. <laughs> what a slip. I know. Who is the dog and who's the owner? Truly. After you see this picture. Yes. You will question. No, that it's a yourself. fair question. But yeah. <laughs> Tucker made it through the entire podcast without uh, without making a noise. So other than that, and now that I've botched my own setup here, you will get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount. You guys, my favorite thing in the entire world. Also, I love when you guys tweet this at me that you've taken advantage of this opportunity. Um, anytime you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. We are super excited uh, for the the mini the Rams mini camp. We're excited for our next guest. We're excited to have you guys all along uh, the journey with us as we sort of head into the void of this offseason and, and see what there is to see. And as always, be well, and we'll catch you next week.